Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the last episode of the year. This podcast began in January, and my personal challenge to myself was to release an episode per week for the entire year, and I've met that challenge, plus a few bonuses, because we're at 57 episodes as we wrap up the year. And a lovely year it's been, too. I have learned a lot. Tech-wise, I'm even doing 99% of this myself now without needing Ben's tech support. I've even learned how to record and regret things I've said and just let it go and move on. (laughs) And wow, I have really enjoyed these conversations about poetry that have happened both on the record and also off that were spurred by this podcast project. This has been a huge gift to me this year. In the new year, my plan is to publish episodes as I'm inspired to do so, but with less discipline and regularity than I've forced myself to do this year. So if you're listening to this right now in the last week of December, that means that you are one of the folks that I'm making this announcement for. I'm just wanting to give you a heads up that this is going to change from something part of your Tuesday routine to something that's a surprise now and then. Don't worry, I have many excellent poems in mind already that I plan to share with you. I have an interview in the works, and your poetry buddy Keith Hansen plans to keep bringing you good stuff in his beautiful voice as well. So this is far from over. It's just going to be a little different for a while. Okay, let's move on to today's poem. It's called Epiphany Poem by George McKay Brown. My general rule has been not to talk too much on this show about anything that you could Google for yourself. So you don't need me for that. You can read Wikipedia entries on your own. But I'm going to break that for a few seconds here to talk about Epiphany because I want to, and it's very interesting (laughs) to me. So because it's interesting, I thought I'd share. So the most common use of the word that we hear is Epiphany used as any realization or revelation, like I just had an epiphany I could keep my potato masher somewhere other than that drawer that it jams up all year long. But an older, truer definition would be an epiphany of a revelation or manifestation, not of a life hack, but of the divine or supernatural. So the Feast of Epiphany, or the Feast of Kings, as it's called in many countries, is January 6th. That's the day the church commemorates when the wise men, or the three kings, visited young Jesus. Or in other words, this is when Christ was manifested to the Gentiles. So that's the epiphany that it's talking about. I first heard this poem almost two years ago on another poetry podcast called The Daily Poem, which you should check out sometime. In many ways, this is a very simple poem, but I remember listening to it. I remember exactly where I was as I was walking one winter day, and this poem intrigued me and has stuck with me since then. So it's worth a share. It goes like this, Epiphany Poem by George McKay Brown. The Red King came to a great water. He said, here the journey ends. 
no keel or skipper on this shore. The Yellow King halted under a hill. He said, Turn the camels round, beyond ice summits only. The Black King knocked on a city gate. He said, All roads stop here. These are gravestones, no inn. The three kings met under a dry star. There, at midnight, the star began its singing. The three kings suffered salt, snow, skulls. They suffered the silence before the first word. As I said, in many ways there's simplicity to this poem. The words are simple, many have one syllable, there's lots of solid nouns, there's lots of words that are easy to sound out even for a new reader, like maybe a six-year-old or seven-year-old. The structure is simple too, and one, um, it's a structure that's so familiar from folk tales and fairy tales that to me it almost has a fable-like quality, and that was what really attracted me to this poem. I'm intrigued by the power of repetition. My children have learned, as I read to them, to recognize these patterns of three that are in stories, like the three bears, where first something's too much, then too little, then just right. Or often it's stories with three characters, like three princes trying to conquer a certain quest. Two of them fail, and then the third succeeds. Or sometimes, um, in like King Lear or Cinderella, there's a lot of stories with a man or king who has three daughters, two evil and the third good. This sort of repetition seems built into our psyche somehow, and it's really satisfying in many of those stories to follow along that pattern and see how the third time is going to be different. So in a way, this poem lets down our expectations because it tells this story, really. Once there were three kings. The first tried and failed. The second tried and failed. The third tried and failed. So it feels like a strange letdown, but it sets the stage for the huge but that comes after, <clears throat> okay? That's but with one T. <laughs> and I think the twist is that what feels like failure on the human level can turn out to be a perfect playing out of God's mysterious will because these failed quests brought all three kings underneath the star, the dry star, that then led them to Epiphany. So this shakes up the story a little bit. You know, the Christmas cards always have the kings traveling together and with as a, what I've always felt was a great intent of purpose. They know where they're going and they go there. But I find this little shakeup very moving and full of hope, actually. Just to think maybe these guys bumbled their way, confused into the presence of the star, each other, and then Jesus. Maybe their own agendas led to dead ends, but ultimately none of those dead ends could keep them from the ending that they were supposed to find, after all. I can't end this discussion without mentioning another repetition that I find really beautiful. It's the three short S words in the last stanza, salt, snow, skulls. That S is echoed also in that stanza and suffered in silence as well. I don't just love the sound and the rhythm of this, although I do find that there's a lot of power and well-placed strings of one-syllable words, but what I especially enjoy here and admire is how the poet boiled down each king's previously mentioned journey into one of these words. So the waters and the ocean and the shore of the first king are all distilled in the word salt. 
and the hills, peaks, and summits of the second stanza into snow. And then the dead and um, inhospitable graveyard town of the third king is summarized in the word skulls. That's a lot of craft for such a little simple fairy tale-like poem, isn't it? Um, I'm comforted too, speaking of those S's, by the word suffering in the last stanza. That acknowledgement of how hard it is on humans to be stuck in apparent failure or even just uncertainty before the story wraps up, before the denouement, where we finally find out how everything's going to tie together. It reminds me of the what we call the 400 years of silence between the Old and New Testaments, a time where humans didn't seem to hear very much from God. There were no books of the Bible or prophecies or anything we have recorded from those centuries. And that's a really long silence. But in this time of the poem, the silence was so close to ending as these kings approached Christ, who is and was the first word. I'll read this one more time, and maybe you can carry this one with you into the new year with whatever journeys or apparent dead ends or silences that it may hold. Once again, Epiphany Poem by George McKay Brown. The Red King came to a great water. He said, here the journey ends, no keel or skipper on this shore. The Yellow King halted under a hill. He said, turn the camels round, beyond ice summits only. The Black King knocked on a city gate. He said, all roads stop here, these are gravestones, no inn. The three kings met under a dry star. There, at midnight, the star began its singing. The three kings suffered salt, snow, skulls. They suffered the silence before the first word. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.